I don't kiss and tell. Fuck it, I raised you. Nastiest <laughs> shit you've ever done. I'm talking about nasty. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. I dated this girl for a while and she was really a nasty freak. She just loved to get down with sex all the time. She was like, any time of day, she was like, yeah, let's go. I'm so nasty. And I'd be nailing her. Oh, shit. She'd be like, oh, you're nailing me. Cool. Hello, world, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Destiny Fulfilled podcast. As always, you have two co-hosts. It is me, Canicus, and Anthony Wilson. Anthony, what's cracking? Uh, not so much, Canicus. Uh, what's going on tonight? Oh, man, it's been a, it's been a long day, but I'm excited to talk about the Lakers um, and what transpired yesterday in their first um, home game with LeBron James and the new um, additions to their team. Um, if you guys didn't watch or hear, uh, the Rockets defeated the Lakers yesterday, 124-115. Uh, um, it was a pretty close game uh, throughout until uh, you know that big incident happened. Um, it was a one-point game, and uh, the Rockets sort of pulled away um, after that whole little scuffle, you know. And um, it was definitely an opportunity for either team to kind of take you know, control of momentum and just sort of that emotional ride of what happened, which we're going to talk about right now. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a big turning point in the game. Um, some, you know, notable stats uh, from the game. Uh, Chris Paul had 28 points, uh, 10 assists, and 7 rebounds. Uh, James Harden had 36 points, most of it in the first half, uh, with 5 assists and 7 rebounds. Clint Capella had 19 points. He had 12 rebounds. He was kind of a problem for the Lakers um, and on the Lakers side, uh, Rajon Rondo had 13 points, 10 assists. LeBron James had 24 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, JaVale McGee was kind of a, a nice little bright spot for the Lakers yesterday with his energy and his defensive presence. He had 16 points along with 6 rebounds and a couple blocks. And, you know, shout out to Lonzo Ball. He kind of showed up yesterday. He hit four threes, um, had a lot of confidence in his shot, and Josh Hart kind of showed his confidence, and his bid to be a starting shooting guard. But, Anthony, let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about, Anthony. Let's do it. Yeah, so, I mean, it was actually kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's been so much um, there's been so much talk on social media, of course, last night, and then even going into today about what happened. Um, you know, initially, you know, like, the push from, from Ingram it's like it was like it's like he's just like and Bill Simmons talked about it, you know. He tweeted about it. Um, you know, Harden was was, you know, really Ingram was I don't know what Ingram nobody knows what Ingram was really mad at. But, <laughs> no one does. <laughs> but but when we saw he, he was just it's just like everybody kinda wishes that, you know, Harden's always Harden's always you know, riding free calls and, and baiting guys in the fouls and stuff like that. You know, it's like Ingram just saw him there while he was upset or whatever it was and just pushed the hell out of him. Like, just get, like, get your ass out the way. You know, <laughs> you know what I saw, you know what I saw too was when, when Harden was walking by, um, he kind of like put his finger, his hand up in the air and sort of gestured kind of like that and one gesture, you know what I mean? Or something to that nature. <laughs> Brandon just saw that and got pissed off. Like, all right, 
you're gonna shoot your damn free throws, all right? <laughs> you're the one that pushed me into the into the post. Yeah, yeah, and I I think people you know really they don't they don't blame Brandon Ingram for that. And then you know of course you have the situation with um with CP3 and and Rondo Spitgate. Yeah, and um um Worldwide Woe on Twitter he he broke that whole thing down. He thinks that the spit actually came from Carmelo. By accident, Carmelo once again, you know, just being the, the, the scapegoat. <laughs> and, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, that's what it looked like in, in the breakdown. It actually, you know, it was, it was Carmelo by accident that spit on Chris. And Chris thought it was Rondo, and Chris pokes Rondo, mushes Rondo and pokes him in the eye. Rondo comes back with a clean left hand. Ooh, that was a clean hook. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Chris Chris was able to get a little up, a little combination there with yes. And, um, and then, you know, people, I mean, it's, it's a lot to unpack, you know. You had LeBron dragging, uh, LeBron dragging, um, you know, CP3 away, you know, from, from the altercation and walking him off the, you know, the court or whatever. And, you know, some people thought that was, you know, interesting. Like, you know, is LeBron really, you know, is he really one of the guys on this team or, or what? Um, so it was just a lot. And then, you know, with, um, of course, then you have you have Ingram flying back, flying in once the fight started. Ingram flies in with with a right hand. I mean, Ingram was just enraged. Like it's like you know when Jim Ross we used to say, "Oh, he was like if Jim Ross was calling again, he would say, oh my good God, what is what is Brandon Ingram? Brandon Ingram has lost his.'" <laughs> so, but and of course we got the suspensions already. Kiki Vanderway handed him out, and it was surprising. I texted you last night. I said Ingram is going to at least five games. You said you think you said you thought it would be you know like ten. Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I, I agreed with that. And he only got four games. And three games for uh, Rondo and two for Chris. So it's kind of like, man, like I was, you know, have you been looking at these scores? Um, oh, my gosh. The, the the New Orleans Pelicans had 149 the other night. Yeah, everybody's scoring in the 120s and the 130s. You know, it's like it's like the 80s again, you know. And... And then with the fighting, if they're I mean, if they're only going to get four games for what for what Ingram did for for starting it, and then come in from the side and throwing a punch, and you only got four games. Like I told you last night, you know, David Stern would have given him twenty games. <laughs> yeah, he he would have gave him twenty games, and he would have like changed the dress code or something just just to do it. Yeah, just to <laughs> you know, and it's like you know, I mean, but you know. Um, uh, Adam Silver has shown time and again that he's not David Stern. He's much more of a fan-friendly, player-friendly commissioner, and I like that, man. I like that you can you can fight again and not worry about having to miss fifteen games, you know, because um, that's the type of game, you know. Before, you know, once the mouse in the palace happened, you know, that changed everything. And then, you know, and then after that, like when Carmelo got in that fight, you know, um, you know, uh, years ago. Uh, in Madison Square Garden, and he got I think 15 games, which that was like you know it was like come on 15 games, but that you know, the balance in the palace that's at the precedent, and now it's back to where it used to be, and I'm happy. You know, I I think it was it's it's an underlying thing that a lot of people aren't realizing is you know um, people aren't necessarily happy with the amount of games in terms of it being too little, from what I've heard from some people. Some people think it's an okay uh, amount. I think what people aren't thinking about is what you kind of touched on about Adam Silver. I think Adam Silver knows what's most important in this league. And what's most important in this league is what's made this league successful. And it's marketing their stars. You know, it's marketing their stars. And no one's going to want to watch 
you know, um, the Lakers as much if two of their starters are gone for 20 games. You know, I mean, of course they're going to watch because of LeBron James and everything like that. And that's, you know, sort of, I guess maybe a bad example. But in terms of having the best product possible, I think Adam Silver understands that a person like Brandon Ingram, who everyone's going to be paying attention to now, um, he's they're not going to, you know, the, the league's going to be hurt by him sitting for 20 games. And, you know, for example, with the Rockets, not having Chris Paul for 20 games, not only is it going to hurt the brand of the Rockets and, you know, out-of-market cities that are watching that team, but also just the Rockets in general. You know, I think Adam Silver would really love for the Rockets, Lakers, and Warriors to be one, two, and three in whatever order possible, you know, vying for the highest um, potential seed possible. So I think that's something that people aren't understanding is that I think Adam Silver knows better than to, you know, have these guys out for 20 games. I'm just surprised that Brendan Ingram didn't get at least 10 because he, he, you know, he had his part, but then he ran back. He ran back into the second fight and then threw a clean punch. That's crazy to me. So, I mean, that, that's why I thought that Brandon Ingram would at least get 10 just because he ran back, you know, and did that, you know. But um, I, I, I really don't get what what he was pissed about. Do you? I mean, can, can, I mean, can you see what could have provoked him that much? I mean, I know Harden kind of had a little push off. Brandon Ingram kind of sold it a little bit, too. I don't know, man. That that was just really interesting to me to see Brandon kind of flip off and just be someone that, you know, I've never seen. And and for him to kind of get in the ref's face, I think is something that's not as talked about because of uh, Rondo and Chris Paul. But Brandon Ingram really squared up to that referee. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's nobody's people have forgotten about that part of it. Like he wanted smoke with the referee. What was he, what was he mad at the referee for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this was this was at a time when uh, you know Kyle Kuzma was kind of caught uh, with James Harden. Uh, James Harden had two three-point field goal um, free throw uh, attempts at the line for sort of that sweep under move. Um, and I think there's also a lot of contention with Rajon Rondo sort of getting knocked down, uh, I believe, two times before that with Chris Paul driving, just basically driving the shoulder right into Rondo and making the refs make a call. So it definitely was a chippy game. I just don't understand, you know, if Kyle Kuzma was pissed at James Harden, you know, for getting a, like a third foul call on him for having his hands extended or something like that. And I can understand. It's just, you know, it's just it's unfortunate that Brandon Ingram's going to sit for a while just because he lost his cool. And as Lance Stevenson said post game that, you know, they kind of tricked him into reacting. So props to Lance Stevenson, by the way, for not being an instigator and a fighter and just kind of like knowing what to do instantly and just try to pull Brandon Ingram away. He just should have held on to him longer so that he wouldn't punch Chris Paul <laughs> in the second part. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on what happened? Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I hadn't thought about that because Lance was out there. I mean, Lance could have really set that thing off. Like, and luckily he, he was in his right frame of mind because that could have been even worse, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> thankfully, you know, Lance was, uh, it's just it's so many funny memes and stuff, man. They had, they showed Lance, but, you know, they had the, you know, the shot of LeBron holding Chris. Yes. You know, away from the, away from the scrum. And, and they have Lance in the background. He probably wasn't even really looking at, at, at LeBron, but they zoom in, you know, they zoom in on the picture and they have, they show Lance and Lance is looking at him like, like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it was insane. You know, uh, a little side story. I'm not sure if people um, heard about this, but uh, 
Another person was ejected from the game yesterday. Just a little fun side note. Um, if you guys are familiar with um, uh, rock and roll music at all, I sound like an old man saying rock and roll music. But um, Anthony Kiedis was kicked out of the game yesterday <laughs> after the fight. Uh, he's the singer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, often seen at games with uh, Flea. And um, it's not a specific uh, reason, um, but part of it was him uh, flipping the bird and uh, cussing at uh, Chris Paul and the Rocket staff. So if you guys didn't see that, um, you can check it out online uh, to read about that as well. But yeah, Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers was kicked out as well. Travis Scott was hyped up under the basket. He was trying to get squared up and fight somebody. Floyd Mayweather was at the game. You know, he saw more punches thrown than him and Pacquiao. You know, it was it was it was great, man. It was the celebrities were getting involved. Anthony Kiedis got kicked out. Um, yeah, what a great game! What what great playoff um, atmosphere that was yesterday. Um, so many fans were just amazingly hyped up that LeBron was in town, but also just the fact that the Lakers looked fun. They looked like they were competing. Um, what are your thoughts on the game and how the Lakers have been doing? Um, they're they're 0-2 now. They lost to the Blazers as well. They don't ever seem to win in Portland. Um, but what what are your thoughts on the Lakers right now and how they're doing? Well, for one, I want to give a shout-out to Anthony Kiedis and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, our legendary group. I remember reading in Mark Heisler's book, he was saying, um, Jack Nicholson, this was back in the 80s at the Forum, and Jack's at the game, and, and some young guy walks up to him and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, he goes, hey, Mr. Nicholson, I'm, you know, so-and-so, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a musician out here. And Nicholson tells him, get the hell away from me, kid. <laughs> and, and that guy was, he was flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers before he was famous. Wow. Um, so that's just a cool little side note. Yeah. But, and um, also, I don't know if you mentioned it, but, um, you know, they said that Rondo's girl and CP's girl, like Rondo's girl pushed Chris's, wife and they were both sitting between they were sitting next to savannah lebron's wife and and they had to be separated or something like that so it was really crazy oh i, I had no idea about that yeah but as far as the game uh the lakers go you know and I, after the first game i posted an article uh on my blog neon graveyard i did see that anthony you guys should check that out say, say that website one more time anthony yeah neongraveyard.wordpress.com yeah, I just uh, posted like 10 thoughts I had, you know, from the first game. Um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, Josh, you know, I, I said in the preview, I think that we did. Uh, yes. I talked about Josh Hart maybe, you know, being the starting shooting guard or something like that. But, yes. And he's, you know, he's clearly the best shooting guard on the roster. Um, but I've always liked him off the bench, but I don't know. No, I think he should maybe just be, he should, he should be the starting shooting guard. Um, you know, um, JaVel McGee has shown game that we didn't know that he had, or he's, you know, maybe he's developed some more game. Uh, you know, um, for, you know, for the last several years, he's just been like, you know, like going to state, you know, it's a guy like around the basket, that type of stuff. And we have forgotten maybe that he can do some other things. My thing is that I'm not sure if I want, you know, if, if, if JaVel McGee is playing, you know, meaningful minutes like that, I don't know. It might be a, like a cap or a ceiling on, on how good your team can be. Like if you're going to have a, a a championship caliber team, I don't know if you need Javale McGee playing as big a role as he's as he's playing. Like I like to think of Javale McGee as a kind of you know big guy, 15 minutes a game that you know at most, and he's like he's going to have to play a bigger role this year because they don't really have another true center. Um, you know, um, 
LeBron had a set part game last night, but you know he's LeBron. He's gonna be fine. Um, you know, you know what's interesting is I think that Lonzo might be the best shooter on the team, three point shooter. Say that one more time. I said I think Lonzo Ball might be the best three point shooter on the Lakers basketball team. Wow, tell me, tell me how. Um, last year, you know, there was a seventeen game stretch last year where, where Lonzo took seven threes a game and made forty two percent of them, forty three percent of them. Yeah. So, and you know, last night he made four, and I don't know. I just don't know if there's a if they have a better spot up. If they have another, I mean, other than maybe Kuzma, who just, just as a as a spot up because you know, I mean, Kuzma's the guy. He has more obviously has a lot more game than Lonzo to score, but just as a spot up shooter, I you know, somebody who's going to just make open three pointers. I don't know if if they have anybody that I'd rather have uh, taking those shots than Lonzo. It's, it's strange because Lonzo gets so much. Flack about his shooting form and his, and his outside shot, but I, I think Lonzo might actually be the best shooter on the team, and I think they need him on the court for that reason, other reasons, just what he what he brings to the table all around. Well, um, you know, uh, one thing that we saw yesterday in the game too, I, I'm sure that made you happy, uh, and it's something that we kind of brought up in the previous show uh, a couple episodes ago. Was we saw Lonzo and Rondo on the court together at the same time. Can you kind of talk about like what you thought about that? I thought it was great because I just thought that it. Um, allowed the Lakers to kind of push the tempo and it gave them two really solid ball handlers to facilitate the offense. But it kind of gave Lonzo that ability to not worry so much about making point guard decisions, but it also kind of allowed him to be a little bit more free and kind of focus on his shot. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I tweeted about that last night as well. Um, you know, I, um, I, when I said that in the preview, I, I mainly just because I, I wanted, you know, I, I don't want Lonzo to have his confidence broken or lose, you know, um, steps in his in his progression as a player. I'm still being a young player. But also, it just, you know, I mean, I think it could work. You know, um, like I said, like Magic and Norm Nixon, you start them together. Um, and, you know, like it doesn't really matter who. I mean, in this case, Rondo would probably do most of the ball handling. But, you know, it you know it works. You know, Maswell can guard shooting guards. It's no, he's one of the best defensive players on the Lakers. Um and you know, um, like I said, I just like what you know. I like what he brings. Like Luke, Luke likes Lonzo. We saw that last year. I mean, even when Lonzo wasn't doing much on the, on the statute, he was still closing games. He was still playing minutes. Lonzo played like thirty six minutes a game last year as a rookie. So Luke likes him. I like him a lot too. And I think he needs to be. I, I just you know I don't know what I don't know what KCP really brings to this team. Like I don't know. I don't I don't see it. Like you know I, I hate to you know. At best, I feel like KCP should just be a spot up three point shooter. You don't want him putting the ball on the ground on the floor too much, and you know trying to do too much as an offensive player. Um, and if you know if he's not making shots, like what does he really bring? You might as well have Lonzo out there. Obviously, Josh Hart, even Lance Stevenson. You know, because Lance Stevenson does more things, you know, than uh, than KCP does. So. You know, um, I, I, I kind of wanted to touch on what you said about I completely see issue with JaVale McGee being our one and only uh, big man that Luke trusts. He obviously doesn't trust uh, Zubats yet. Um, Mo Wagner is injured, but he's a little undersized. He's more of that, you know, stretch five. I like JaVale McGee playing 25 minutes a game. I think 
you know, I, I think uh, the one of, one of the stats that they said uh, yesterday about JaVale McGee's minutes last year was he never played more than 20 minutes at all uh, last season. Uh, 20 minutes was actually his career uh, career high for the season, 20 minutes. Um, and he's played a, and 25 minutes in the last, you know, in the first two games of the Lakers season. I like his energy, Anthony. I really do. And he hasn't, he hasn't done things that we as, you know, uh, lay fans would think of just like, you know, a Shaq and a full kind of guy that doesn't really have his head on right. Anthony, he was, he was great defensively in the last two games. He, he was, he showed that he could be a guy chasing five blocks a night, but not foul out trying to do it. I just, I just, I just think he was so patient with his hands up. He was moving his feet. He was chasing down balls, especially in that first game, chase down blocks. I like him on the court for us. And, and he's, you know, some of his shot selection has been a little bit off. Some certain things that he's tried to do aren't necessarily like, I think his strong, strong points in terms of like trying to have these like one hand kind of like shot put floaters. Um, those haven't been great, um, but he's aware when he's open. There was an alley-oop yesterday where he knew he was open. He just put his hands up, and they, they, they found him. He was ready to go. He runs the floor. He's able to catch those lobs kind of like what Clint Capella's done to earn $80 million with the Rockets, just running the court and catching lobs from Lonzo, LeBron, whoever. But they're looking for him. And he even showed a little turnaround fadeaway. He worked on his jump shot a lot in the summertime. He, he does have, um, I believe he's still dealing with asthma. He has an inhaler. So I think a lot of times people wonder why he looks like he's always so tired. But he does have an inhaler, so that might play a part in his conditioning and his limitations. But I think even 25 minutes isn't too much to ask. I just love his energy on the court, and I love the fact that he's been blocking shots and playing defense in the post without getting in foul trouble. Well, yeah, early in his career, like when he was with Washington, um, he was a guy who people thought, well, he's, you know, he's big, he's athletic, he can do some things, he has a lot of potential. But, you know, those teams where they had a, they had a cap, they had a ceiling. Um, then we saw what he did with, with how Golden State used him, um, playing him, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. And, you know, Steve Kerr, he's really smart. He's a championship coach, so he must know something. So I just figured, you know, um, he um, – like, that's probably how you should use him if you want to really be a championship cup team. Now, you're right. He's been great. You know, he's been great blocking shots. Like I said, you know, showing things that we didn't know that he had in his game. Um, but but I just, I just I don't know. I just I just kind of feel like, I don't know, if he's, if he's playing 25 minutes a game and they really rely on him, I don't know if he's somebody that you, that you, that you want to have to rely on. Like, if you're relying on JaVale McGee, um, rather than him just being like a, like a nice asset to have to come in, block a couple shots, catch a catch a couple of you know lobs around the rim, stuff like that. But if he's out there, you know, like you know, making fadeaway jump shots and stuff like that, <laughs> I don't know. That might be a sign of a you know that you like you you have some type of fatal flaw with your team, or that you have a ceiling as a team. Um, but I could be wrong. Like I say, the guy is playing; he's playing really well. But so it's mainly just looking at how Golden State used him that made me uh, made me say that. What is your uh, what is your expectation or what is your solution to the center position for the Lakers? I mean, I, I you you saying fifteen minutes, me saying twenty five minutes. That still leaves more than half the game if it's your minute cap, and exactly about half the game if it's my minute cap. 
So I know the Lakers are trying to push for this uh, positionless basketball, but if we're just talking X's and O's and we're talking about lineups, what is your solution at the five? Well, I've always liked Zubac. I don't know. I guess Luke doesn't doesn't feel like he fits. Um, you know, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think it, and ultimately, you know, it's not really a, it's like, it's not really a JaVale McGee issue. It's like, because ultimately, you know, the Lakers most of the time are going to, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a traditional center out there at the five. It's going to be Kuzma, you know, uh, when it matters or, you know, for the majority of the game, a Kuzma LeBron, you know, combo at the four and the five. So, um, I don't know. I think that's, I don't know. It's, it's just overall, I don't know. It's not really, it's not really a center issue. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this team so far. Like, obviously we know there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, nobody plays defense anymore. So that seems like that won't even be a problem, but I don't know. I mean, they played two games. They played at Portland, uh, a Portland team that's been together. They played at Houston, a Houston team that's been together. So, I mean, it's kind of to be expected. Um, uh, I know they have San Antonio tomorrow night. Uh, San Antonio's a little new, you know. Um, so, but the Lakers, of course, they'll be without Brandon Ingram and Rondo. But you know, I think, I think, like I said, you know, in our preview, I think, I think Ingram is the key. Um, if he can, um, if, if he can, because yeah, he needs to become, he needs to become that second consistent option where you know what you're getting from him every single night. And, you know, when he puts up numbers, it's not like uh, Brandon O'Brien scored, you know, like, I mean, it's not just like something that you see on a statue, but you actually recognize the impact he had on the game, you know. So if he gets 20, 22 points, it's like a, a tw- an impactful 22 points. And you, and you realize it, you know, uh, as it was happening. Um, so I think he's the key, um, more so than, than, than whoever is playing center. Um, and I, I said that I said that before the before the season, we need him to become a consistent second option, all-star caliber uh, player, separating himself from you know all of the other guys to be that to be that second option. I I've, I've been I've been kind of paying attention to the flow of the offense, Anthony, and I know that the Lakers are really working on pushing the tempo. They want to be the fastest team in the league. This is going to be the fastest team LeBron's ever played on. The first game he played in Portland. Um, there's some crazy stat about pace now. And it was the fastest game LeBron ever played in um, on his first game in Portland. I, I just, my concern happens in the half court. And, you know, there are, there are certain aspects of it. Um, I kind of just wanted to touch on three points. Um, and I kind of wanted to feed off of you and kind of, I wanted you to feed off of me and what you think about that. Um, one of the things that, bothers me is the lack of consistent three-point shooting that's what i want to say first because it's already kind of a known issue but they were missing a lot of open shots anthony just a lot of open shots i mean you look at the box score we have a lot of one for sixes one for fives one for seven lebron was one for seven yesterday they're missing a lot of open shots what that tells me is that what they're trying to do in terms of getting guys open is working, but I, I just wonder how long it's going to take Luke Walton to kind of pull back a little bit and not be as free about shooting threes. I really hope we don't get to that point. I really do hope that they just are kind of off rhythm and are you know kind of working on 
all right, I'm getting this shot all the time now. I really got to make sure I make this shot. Just because if they have to pull back on the three-point shooting, it's kind of going to be a disaster, I feel like. I feel like a lot of what's going to happen this season is them making threes. And they don't have pure shooters, but they have the people statistically that have made them. So that's my first thing. Um, my second thing is I think in terms of isolation ball, it really hurts them. Um, LeBron was okay. I think Clint Capella did a decent job on him. He was put on LeBron a lot. I think LeBron had issues sort of just kind of getting by him, which we would normally expect. Um, when LeBron and the ISO isn't working, you know, I see Kuzma. Kuzma's just really off rhythm right now. I don't know what's going on with Kyle Kuzma. He's just off rhythm. He doesn't seem like he's in the flow of anything right now. I think he's just kind of getting his. Um, so that's been sort of something that I've been seeing as well. Um, Brandon Ingram is really trying to figure out what he needs to do as well. I think everyone's kind of getting that Kobe effect where everyone wants to just watch Kobe and you know everyone else kind of gets off rhythm. It's really important right now for Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma to get in the rhythm, to get, be able to get their own shots so that we're not seeing LeBron and just hoping he isos. The last thing I want to talk about is pointless screening. Really pointless screen. This has been something that's been bugging me the last two years just because offense has been just everything now and no one, no one really plays defense. But when LeBron's playing the five, I saw it a lot yesterday, and I think you might notice this as well. Um, they kind of just go up for the screen, and they don't really set the screen. <laughs> they kind of just you know, let the guy go by him, and the guy that's screen doesn't even roll. He just kind of runs away. Or what would happen is the guy would come up for a screen and then just kind of stop like he's supposed to. The ball handler stops too, and the defenders just switch, and then nothing happens. I, I love the pick and roll. I think it's one of the deadliest weapons in basketball, but it's usually really deadly when the point guard or the ball handler kind of attacks the basket and the guy rolls really hard. So I just think a lot of these screens that are set, especially when LeBron's your five, and if LeBron sets a really nice screen and the ball handler goes right by around, and LeBron's rolling to the rim, I mean, goodness gracious, what what could we be doing, you know, in terms of benefiting our team by having LeBron rolling to the rim or even catching it pretty early, and then now he's driving down with the ball and the defense collapsing. I just think a lot of the screens they set are kind of pointless, and I don't really know what's going on with that. So you kind of talked about the defense earlier, so I kind of wanted to talk about that. But, uh, you know, what do you think about all those things? Well, I thought the first thing you said was important, that um... – even though they don't have three-point specialists, they do have guys who can three can shoot threes. Uh, everybody says Lakers don't have shooters, Lakers don't have shooters. They might not have shooters, quote unquote, but they do have guys who can who can shoot and who can and have made threes, like you said, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo, um, KCP, uh, LeBron, uh, Brandon Ingram can shoot the three. So they have guys who can make threes. Um, the best shooters are probably Kuzma, Lonzo, KCP, um, and also um, LeBron. Um, LeBron's become a, a pretty good, a really good, you know, a good three-point shooter. Um, you know, I think um, you know it could it could be you know possible for. Um, I don't think they can just stop shooting threes. Um, I I want to see what I want to see if you know. Um, the young kid's feet can uh, can can get some time, maybe. I know he's, he's he might be the most natural three point shooter on the on the roster, actually. Um, but um, 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if you can. I remember Byron Scott, like he didn't care. <laughs> when he didn't remember when he didn't care about shooting threes and everybody else was doing it. Yeah, he wanted to run the Princeton, and <laughs> <laughs> that didn't yeah. go well. But I mean, they got they have the guys to. It's just it's just kind of a numbers game, you know. That's just, that's what it was like when you know, like you know, uh, the Warriors, you know, it's now and even back, you know, before Durant, even more so before Durant, maybe, where you know, it's just kind of like it's like a, it's like a math problem, you know. Right. Like you know, if they're making all these threes. You know, if you're a team like Memphis. You know, like like what you know, like Memphis was before they started shooting threes. It's like, what can you, like, how do you compete with that? And you know, so Lakers have to shoot threes. Um, what was your second th- point? Your second thing you said? Uh, just sort of getting lost watching LeBron, and LeBron wasn't great in ISO situations yesterday. And I just think that Kyle Kuzma's in just completely in his own world right now, not in a rhythm at all. And then Brandon Ingram's just trying to figure out how how much to play off of LeBron. So. I'm just concerned about those three guys trying to figure out how to play when it's in a half court situation. Yeah, we know there's a lot of talk about that. About you know, you, know, you mentioned before um, wanting to see Luke Walden finally instill that Golden State offense now that he has to install that Golden State offense now that he has the players. But we know, and we've you know, we've always heard LeBron talk about you know, LeBron has, LeBron has always wanted to you know the best teammates and stuff like that. But LeBron's always played a certain way. You know, he likes to have the ball in his hands. And be methodical, and you know have everything flow from him. And um, you know, there's worse things than standing around and watching LeBron James. Uh, but guys have to move and cut because LeBron will find you. Um, and I just, I just want guys to be um, decisive. You know, I want guys. You know, I want Brandon Ingram to catch the ball and and make his move. You know, and not and not not have to think about it and deliberate. Um, uh, you know, I want the other guys to do that too. I think Kyle Kuzma will do that, but Brandon Ingram is really important. Uh, you know, I, I think he talked about, um, how, you know, how he needs to learn to play with LeBron. I think that's the best thing he can do. It'll be be like a Kyrie, like, like Kyrie never, Kyrie never acted like, oh my God, I'm playing with LeBron. What do I do? Kyrie just played his game, and you know, I think that's what um, that's what Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram uh, needs to do. What, what was the last thing? That those meaningless screens that just kind of invite a switch and nothing happens. No one rolls hard. Screeners just kind of run away, and I wish LeBron would be a hard roller to the basket. I just don't I, I don't see any teams knowing what to do with LeBron as a screen and roller and just having the ball or, you know, running to the rim. Yeah, well, you're, you're a little bit further along right now in your analysis uh, than I am. You are you're Coach KMD for sure right now. Um, I haven't, uh, haven't even noticed that yet. I, I like this. I remember, you know, this is like I remember when um, remember when the Lakers used to play that with Kobe, Gasol, and Odom, uh, where you know they trap the other team would trap Kobe out like at way out at, almost at midcourt uh, along the sideline, and Gasol would come up or Odom would come up and get the ball, and they, you know, he, he and, and Odom and Gasol would play like a two-man game uh, around the basket, just passing back and forth. Um, you know, maybe they could. Oh, they, don't, they don't really have the players. They just don't have the players to do that. I don't know. You know, um, screen. I don't know. LeBron. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have anything for that. You like I said, you're you're a little you're a little more advanced than I am right now. I didn't even notice that. Well, all, all I all I'm all I'm saying is it, it it happens in the league a lot, and you can just watch any game, Anthony. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. You probably see it, but 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 traditionally, you know, in a pick and roll, you know, that screener 
sets the screen, the point guard or whoever's handling the ball, you know, uses it to get towards the basket. And the big man or whoever sets the screen, because guards set screens now, they roll to the basket. What I'm seeing a lot is like they just kind of screen, but they don't do anything in terms of attack. They just let the defend the the defense just switch. And then everyone just backs up again. Kind of like what Chris Paul used to do with the Lakers, where he would just switch on Bynum or he would switch on, you know, Pau Gasol and just go one on one on the outside. Now it's just habitual. Just, you know, teams just set a screen, let the switch happen, and then everyone just goes away again. So I don't know. I'm just a little bothered by that. I just feel like it's lazy and it, it just doesn't get anything done. No, I see, um, I see, yeah. No, I see what you're saying now. It took me a second to get that. Guys are just screening and then that's it. Yeah, they just screen and run away, and nothing happens. Yeah, I like guys to make cuts, and, you know, if you screen and, and you make a move toward the basket and, and LeBron catches you, and then, like I said, you can play that two-man game or find somebody around the basket. You know, make the defense have to move and react. So, I mean, that's just good basketball, you know. Um, guys guys moving, the ball moving, you know, that's what, they, that's, what, that's, what they're, that's what they're trying to get at. That's what they're trying to get, you know, get to. So, um you know, we'll have to see. It's gonna it's gonna take time though. We'll see if Luke we'll see if Luke notices that. Yeah, I hope he does too. It's just, you know, we're we're really concerned about LeBron's minutes as as you know, as a whole. So, you know, having him just set pointless screens and just not do anything is just a waste of his time and a waste of his energy. I really I just really hope in general that when they're not running, that they kind of tune up the half court offense and actually become a threat when it isn't that. Because a lot of times in the playoffs, as you well know, that it doesn't really become a horse race anymore. It just kind of becomes a chess match. And I think the Lakers need to really prepare themselves for that in the future because we're all expecting them to make the playoffs. And, you know, unless you're the Golden State Warriors, you can't always run all game. The game definitely slows down the playoffs, and it definitely becomes more of a chess match between um, both teams. Uh, Anthony, anything you want to uh, say in terms of expectations for the remainder of the week and what the Lakers have going on? Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, they're playing San Antonio tomorrow night. Um, or by the time you guys hear this, it'll be, I mean, you know, Monday night. Um, I think, um, it's like, you know, I was looking at the schedule and, you know, like Barkley was saying, you know, he's LeBron's going to have to wait hard every night now playing in the West. And, you know, I'm looking at the schedule. And I'm like, damn, like why do the Lakers have to start the season with such a hard schedule? It's almost like the league wanted them to, you know, start off on a, in the hole with start off struggling. And I'm looking at the schedule and it's like, I mean, that's just like even in the East, there's no there really aren't that many I mean, other than Brooklyn, I mean or you know, Atlanta, and even they could get you, you know? It's I mean, there's just more talent now than there's ever been, I think. You know? Um it's just it's just, you know, and you know, the it, you know, the with the way the rules are now and stuff, you know, every, you know, it's really a, a, a free flowing game. So everybody in the NBA can pretty much score the basketball. So, you know, it's um it's it's not gonna be easy. They're gonna have to tighten things up. They don't wanna fall into too much of a hole to start the season. Not that it'll matter in the long run, but they wanna get out, you know, at least on a semi, you know, decent uh footing and uh be able to, you know, get improve on that, not start off, you know, two and six and everybody's calling for Luke's head and saying do they need to make any moves or stuff like that. You know, so they need to show some type of promise or potential early. Otherwise, you know, things could get confusing. Yeah, so, you know, just to wrap up, we wanted to just kind of tell you the remaining games for the week just so you kind of have an idea 
um, kind of what's going on this week and kind of have your expectations for what's happening. Uh, tomorrow they're playing the Spurs. Wednesday they play the Suns. Thursday they got the Nuggets. And then Saturday they got the Spurs, Anthony. The next four games, what is your prediction for their record? Because they have the Spurs and who else? They got the Spurs twice, the Suns, and the Nuggets. Man. That's tough, man. And all, without Rondo and Ingram, too. Four of them without Rondo, three of them without. <laughs> four of them without Ingram, three of them without Rondo. Jesus. Well, you know, I don't think LeBron's going to let them start 0-6. So, I, I, I'll say that, I mean, Denver is already 3-0. Which of those games are at home? Um, they are at home for one game against the Spurs, and then they're home for the Nuggets. Yeah. Now I'll give them the Suns game and the um and the home game against the Spurs, which I think that's the one tomorrow night, right? Yes, it's seven thirty tomorrow. Yeah, so because you know Denver's Denver's good and they've been together. Um, the Suns are. That's what I'm saying, man. All these teams have players now. You know, the Suns have you know Booker and Aiden. That's the new Shaq and Kobe. I mean, I'm not I'm not really going there, but. <laughs> It's a nice pairing to have. And they have Trevor Reza and they have Josh Jackson. You know, they're, they're making moves. So, but, um, so I'll say that we'll be two and four after six games. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree with you. I think they're going to go two and four in the next, in, in these first six games. I, I have them beating uh, the Spurs tomorrow. I think LeBron's just going to feed off of the crowd tomorrow. And they're going to kind of be pumped up to win a game for Rondo and Ingram. And then I think they're going to beat the Suns as well on Wednesday. I don't see them being the Nuggets just yet. I feel like they got a lot to figure out in terms of a team like that. And I think the Spurs are just going to do well at home. Um, I think DeMar DeRozan has a lot to prove, um, especially in a home game against the Lakers. It's going to be a big-time game for them to show something up as well. Um, thank you guys for listening to the reaction to the big fight in the Laker game. Uh, we thank you guys for listening as always. Um, as always, you can catch us on iTunes at Destiny Fulfilled Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a rating, give us a review. Um, we're always on SoundCloud as well. And you can catch us on Instagram at Destiny Fulfilled Podcast. What's the Twitter account, Anthony? The Twitter account is Des underscore full underscore pod. Cool. And where can we find you on social media, Anthony? Yeah, I'm everywhere at Antonymous. That's A N T. W-O-N-O-M-O-U-S. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter now. I'm on Twitter, guys. Uh, Canicus MD, K-A-N-I-C-U-S-M-D. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. Please share with your friends and family. Have a great one. Take care, everybody. She had the tits were unbelievable. Oh, man, I love titties, so...